Accelerators from Beyond. Hello and welcome to Accelerators by Beyond. Join us as we speak with industry leaders and explore the big opportunities ahead in 5G, IoT, AI and cloud and the role of the ecosystem. We discuss how to stay ahead and what technologies, innovation and business models are driving the industry to accelerate. Welcome to another episode of Accelerators. I'm Michaela Harris, Head of Marketing at Beyond, and I'm joined by our host, Jeremy Cohen, co-founder of IoT Now and Vanilla Plus. We are also joined by our guest, representing the two sides of the global communication service providers, Telenor. Welcome, Dr. Redwan Hassan Khan, Head of B2B Product at DTAC. And welcome, Sat Riding, CSO of Telenor Connection. I'm so glad to have you join us today. Jeremy, over to you. Thanks, Michal. Uh, Redwan and Seth, welcome to the Accelerators podcast. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Very good to be here. Thank you, Jeremy. Great to have you. Thank you very much. We have so much to discuss. I'm just going to dive straight in. In previous episodes of Accelerators, it's become pretty clear that having the right partner ecosystem is key for communication service providers or CSPs looking to grow revenue from 5G, IoT or Edge. Seth, can you share your experience? Yes, of course, I'd be glad to. Uh, I think to, to start out with, I would like to point out that I think it's very important that there are mutual gains in a partnership. Both parties need to see that there is an upside to it. Um, from Telenor Group, we obviously have a, a partner organization that sort of handles the large uh, relationships with actors like Google and Apple. Uh, and we have smaller relationships, I think, also within a um, Telenor connection level. Um, what I do found very interesting, though, is the, um, the relationship and the ecosystems where actual customers work with each other, where we sort of tend to be more like partners rather than supplier and um, customer. Uh, so I think having those mutual gains in these different settings is really important. And I think also facilitating different relationships where different companies can play different parts depending on what the actual need is from the end customer. So Redwan, what would you add to that from your own experience? No, I, I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's super important uh, uh, for DTEC uh, to rely on the partnership. And uh, from DTEC's point of view, we have taken a number of initiatives you know, previously as a telco, we were more into vendor purchaser relationship. But, you know, now we are in the relationship of equals with our partners, especially uh, in areas of uh, IoT co-creation, uh, SaaS uh, software reselling for our SME customers. So I, I believe, you know, uh, this is the way forward. And, and uh, of course, you know, this is a part of our uh, overall strategy. Seth, coming back to you, how are Telenor Connection and DTAC involved in the rollout of 5G now? Well, um, within Telenor Connection, I would say we're primarily focused on uh, on solution uh, and value that uh, the 5G can actually generate. Uh, we are an MV, I know, so mobile virtual network operator. So we're actually utilizing other mobile network operators' networks, uh, which means that we look at what these networks can actually bring in terms of future benefits. It's to societies, to to the individual. Um, And obviously we do that in collaboration together with the local companies that we have uh, in a global scale. And I think, yeah, obviously it's both within the Nordics as well as here in Asia. And in Asia, we work very closely with Redwan and uh, DTEC. And Redwan, you mentioned that Thailand is leading the 5G rollout for Telenor Asia Group. 
this is particularly interesting because I mean, so far, I think it's fair to say most attention has been focused on countries like South Korea and China. What's 5G look like for you? Uh, that's a good question, uh, Jeremy. You know, uh, I can explain it in, in two points of view. One is from the uh, government's point of view, from public sector and from uh, private sector. Uh, in terms of public sector, I think uh, the government of Thailand is very keen with 5G. Uh, the people are very enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic about 5G. Uh, we see a lot of discussion on the uh, typical government use cases like smart cities, smart utilities, smart transportation. DTAC has been a part of a number of trials already. Uh, for example, we did trials, 5G trials on smart water management, smart electricity management, smart agriculture. So we uh, kind of foresee that there'll be more and better citizen services, uh, better uh, cities, utilities through these 5G use cases uh, in the public sector. And Thailand has a big uh, manufacturing industry and 5G is uh, going to drive a lot of automation, uh, efficiency and transformation in that industry. We are also getting a lot of interest from the uh, private sector as well. So we see uh, a lot of new use cases, new application, uh, improving the efficiency, productivity and worker safety in the uh, private sector. So that's how uh, things are shaping up as far as 5G is concerned in, in Thailand. Obviously, together, you bring interesting and very different global perspectives ranging from mature markets like Norway, Singapore and Japan to high growth markets like Thailand. Seth, is there much variation in how different markets consume 5G? And could you perhaps share us some examples of use cases and how they differ, if at all? Yeah, yes, for sure. Um, I think that there are pretty large differences. Uh, to begin with, the the user cases that there is a lot of hype about, uh, the ones that are really uting, like, utilizing the new capabilities that 5G brings to the market, such as autonomous vehicles, uh, automated ports, smart manufacturing. Obviously, these, these are the ones that also utilizes uh, edge computing, AI, uh, where you really can have the large benefits. But what's significant or I think what, what differentiates these ones is that they are usually deployed in small environments. It is one local port, it is one manufacturing site. I think comparing that to the benefits of society, where you can have large uh, data transfer, for example, where you can see the fixed wireless transformation, where you don't need to roll out fiber in rural areas. Those are very different cases. Obviously, there are differences from global scale on how uh, the consumers utilize data. I think that will change over time. Um, there is also a direct relationship to how these 5G networks are deployed. You mentioned Korea as one example. They have a very high level of rollout for the moment. Uh, I know the Terminal Group, for example, ha have the ambition to have a, a nationwide rollout in the Nordics by 2023 from a population perspective. And Obviously, that rollout needs to be covering all roads, for example, and able to be able to enable autonomous cars. So I think we definitely see variations over time. Uh, and obviously, the, an individual country's economic state has a large impact on how those things are actually being utilized. Redman, what's your perspective on the, the differences in between uh, the various markets? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, every market has their unique needs. And uh, as far as Thailand is concerned, it's, uh, it's, it, it has a 
heavy manufacturing industrial base here. They need automation and efficiency to compete with other markets. So the initial interest and traction are coming from those sectors. The government is also very keen as well. Uh, so obviously there are a few challenges. For example, you know, if you compare with 4G, uh, 5G needs an ecosystem. So it's not just the connectivity. The whole ecosystem uh, needs to step up, uh, be it device, be it platform, use cases, and etc. Still very early days in Thailand. Uh, there are a few challenges due to pandemic, due to the de- economy of scale of the devices. But we see all uh, good indications, all good pointers in the market, and hopefully you know, things will ramp up soon. Yeah, that brings me to a related point. I mean, it's really interesting to compare now how 5G is rolling out compared to the 4G rollout. Obviously, 4G wasn't troubled by the pandemic. If you can set that to one side, are you able to compare how 5G is doing? Well, obviously, there's not uh, an apple-to-apple comparison between these two technologies, you know, uh, the type of technology, the use cases, and the audiences are quite different. And as I've mentioned, it requires a lot of uh, ecosystem support to scale 5G. Uh, especially, there are three streams of 5G. You know, we, we see a lot of traction on the IoT stream, MMTC stream, uh, for for uh, last few years. There's a new evolving space in the 5G private network and Edge, which is uh, evolving towards URLLC uh, for the future uh, use cases. And then, obviously, there are a lot of kind of customer expectation on the EMBB, uh, Enhanced Mobile Broadband side. But obviously, uh, there are a few challenges as well. And obviously, pandemic is an issue. But uh, we are quite hopeful that uh, it's going to pick up soon. Are you able to quantify uh, how the pandemic has impacted the rollout of 5G? And perhaps uh, you could expand on the measures that you're taking to overcome this hurdle. I think, you know, a pandemic has uh, multiple effects. There are some local uh, dynamics, for example, the companies are more concerned about their bottom line. So they are slashing costs, delaying projects. There's also, you know, a concern of, you know, being uh, undertaking projects uh, and ensuring safety because 5G, uh, a lot of 5G use cases, especially on the automation use cases, you need real devices, real people working on on the ground. Globally, you know, there are logistic issues and we all know the chipset problem. So that is also impacting the, uh, the supply chain. So it's, 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 it's a bit difficult to quantify, but at least it has delayed uh, from 12 months to 18 months uh, on the overall attraction on 5G. But obviously, you know, we are utilizing this time to create awareness in the market, to do a lot of POCs, both in uh, public sector and in private sector. I think that creates a good awareness and demand. And hopefully when things uh, starts to get a little bit normal, we'll see that more and pro- more projects coming in and, you know, we will be able to recoup uh, the, uh, the the loss or the delay uh, in the journey of 5G. Seth, Redwan has talked about the impact in Thailand. Um, could you describe a little bit about how you've responded to the impact in the wider market? Well, it's... Um I mean, there have been several uh, things that have happened over the last year, obviously, with the, with lockdowns. Um, I think we should miss perhaps also the, the, the ship in the Suez Canal. And uh, I think most recently here for the last two weeks with the southern part of China, 
we were having in, in one of the major ports where, where the estimations of some 130,000 containers being in a backlog to be shipped out, which is expected to have impacts all the way up until the Christmas shopping, both in Europe uh, and the US. So um, I think in one case, we're seeing global impacts that is delaying a lot of things. On the other hand, I think that this is really putting the spotlight on the need of digitalization as well as sort of touch-free operations. So uh, when when this is being under control, I'm not, I don't think it's going to be over for quite some time, but under control, which means that we can sort of operate closer to a normal level, I think that we will see a huge increase in, in terms of rollouts of smart devices. One example is uh, smart meters in Malaysia. Uh, we're involved in a rollout project there um, that has sort of stopped during the pandemic. But that has also really shown the importance of having a smart meter because now you have, you're struggling with the ability to actually send invoices because you don't know what the utilization of the, of the system is. So it becomes very obvious where the weak points are in, in systems where you are dependent on people being involved. Obviously, also, I think uh, touchless payments, you have uh, the risk of handling cash is one thing also that obviously has, a, has an impact on um, moving the wires from one person to another. So it's yeah, many different areas. So short term, definitely impact, long term opportunity. Seth, taking a step back for a moment and looking at the wider picture, I mean, many telcos are aiming to become technology companies and they're kind of moving away from a pure connectivity offering to a much broader technology and services suite. Some like Vodafone and Telefonica are, you know, even creating separate technology business units too. Do, do you see Telenor and DTAC doing something similar? I definitely see us moving in that direction. I think in many ways we have, we have already done that within specific verticals. It's always a balance between uh, core capabilities uh, and additional additional value add that you add to the top. Uh, but I would say, uh, live as you learn. With internal connection, uh, we always talk about the importance of transforming your company and also shifting from actually selling a product to selling a service. And obviously, that applies for us as, as well. Um, we have done this in several countries, providing financial services, uh, medical services, agriculture services as well. And I think that will just continue to evolve. Obviously, we have a large customer base from a global scale that we just sort of work together with and the, or the opportunity to provide additional services. On the other hand, it's important not to step on your customer's toes. So you need to sort of also, in a way, keep within the area that you're in. And I think that's definitely something that is of great importance within the IoT domain where, where Red One and I primarily operate. Uh, because we're providing connectivity and other com components to a solution to a customer that normally provides an end-to-end -end service. If we sort of start to create a competing end-to-end -end service, that could become a challenge. So we're trying to maximize our capabilities, local connectivity, cloud, satellite communication, and other things that we have with the internal group in order to bring the best value to the market. But definitely the transition has to go on all the time, independently of where you are in order to stay relevant. So that transition, does that mean that you are responding on a day-to-day -day basis to IoT needs in delivering new services as they're required? I think there are many angles on the, uh, the requests that we get. It could, become, it could be something where it's only connectivity. It could also be something where we're supposed to front a total solution. It could be a cloud solution. So sort of depending on where, where the, how the lead starts and what the request is, we might take different positions. 
but it also becomes over time. Uh, we were talking before about the sort of a, a consultative approach. I think ha having that kind of mentality in the way that you work and also utilizing our history in terms of being within the M2 MRIOT domain for almost 20 years. And so this is something that we utilize. So it's, um, yeah, I think it's, it's definitely more and more towards talking about complete solution and guiding our customers in that direction rather than just supplying one single part of the solution. Redwan, coming back to you for a moment, what experience can you share with your peers from your rollout of IoT and 5G solutions? Yeah, uh, thanks. Uh, good question, Jeremy. I'll, I'll uh, you know, build on top of what uh, Seth just said. You know, our customers don't, especially the, the enterprise customer, they don't want uh, a connectivity provider. They want us to be a strategic partner to understand their problems, their business need, and give them a solution. So this is exactly, you know, we need to do if we are to kind of, you know, win in this uh, area. We need to understand uh, customers' problem, and we need to uh, give them a solution, not a thing in terms of technology and product. The other thing is that, uh, you know, whatever will be, uh, we suggest or we propose, it has to be future-proof. You know, the technology landscape is changing very fast. But we need to ensure that customers' investment, their TCO is, is at least safer in the uh, short term and also in the near term. So we need to propose something which is future-proof. For example, you know, all use case doesn't need 5G. You, know, you can do it in 4G, you can keep the cost limited, and then you go to 5G when you, real, you have a real need. So future-proof is something that's super important. And uh, the last thing is that, you know, 5G is not a solo game. It's, it's, uh, it's a teamwork and it has to be a co-creation between a customer who has a problem and a partner uh, of DTAC or Telenor and, and, and the capabilities of DTAC. So that's how we are kind of doing it. You know, We are trying to always look for co-creation, always look for solving the problem, not to position our product. And, and uh, finally, you know, thinking from customer shoes. Uh, these are fascinating and huge changes for any business. I mean, Seth, would you uh, care to add anything to what Redwan has said about the future proofing and the shift away from pure connectivity? So what I would like to contribute here or add is that uh, I think it's very important to, to start small. Uh, and I think also uh, time to market is of great importance. Uh, getting some kind of proof of concept in the market fast to sort of try to show the value of the solution that you have created. I think that is something that is very important, both internally as well as externally. And then I think in the external discussion, when you talk to a customer, I think it's important to focus more on value rather than on cost. You need to believe in what you're actually providing over time. Because if the value is 10 times higher than the cost, then you should not have a cost-focused discussion. Red One, the name of this podcast is, as you know, Accelerators. Can you share a personal experience when you needed to drive change faster? Absolutely, Jeremy. I can share one of my recent experience. And I think, you know, I have a lot of personal reflection and learning from that as well. So, you know, you see that when we're uh, talking about business critical 5G and IoT services, the role of AfterSales is super critical because it's not just a connectivity solution. This is part of customers' day-to-day -day operation, day-to-day business processes. And being a telco, you know, 
it's a bit difficult to ensure that sort of urgency in your uh, after-sales value chain because typically we are uh, kind of uh, accustomed to serve consumers and it's okay if you lose your uh, mobile phone for, for a few hours. You have another phone, you can use another, phone, uh, another person's phone. So it was a big challenge for our customers to get on-time response, to handle faster incidents and etc. And uh, I think what made the difference end of the day is to setting the narrative that why we need faster support, why we need to treat uh, these new generation products differently than our voice and data, minutes and megabytes offering. Once uh, the organization understand the customer's pain point, once they start to think from a customer's point of view, it becomes much easier. So, you know, uh, giving the proper narrative and also giving the kind of you know, right purpose and also kind of uh, motivate the team that they are making a difference in a business's or customer's life uh, helped a lot. That's really interesting. Seth, anything you would like to add on driving change faster? Yes, uh, definitely. I think uh, the, this last uh, year and a half has definitely put extreme requirements on my organization. Uh, obviously, having a, a global representation or global responsibility puts uh, very different requirements on the business. Uh, and I was, even before the pandemic, driving a more decentralized structure of the way that we are represented. Obviously, different needs in Asia, uh, language differences, Chinese, Japanese, Thai. You have European countries, you have the Middle East, uh, US, English. Uh, we are a company that is originating out of Sweden, so, so English is a standard uh, internal company language. But having more than 30 nationalities within the company obviously gives us a lot of opportunities. But my focus has always been to try to become local. So combining our global scale of 180 million global customers and the global reach with being a small, mid-sized company with the 160 employees that we have within Connection. And then utilize that to create the local relationships. But the, the change that I really needed to drive was to increase the local hiring in the countries where we have representation, um, where we didn't have that pre-the pandemic situation. But that has fallen into place. We're really seeing that that is paying off. So, uh, so I think... Yeah, that's an example of how I really had to push for the localization over the year, last year and a half. That's fascinating, the way that the um, recent experience of the pandemic has has impacted on you in that way. Um, finally, I've got a question for you both. I'm going to come to Redwine first, if I may, and then Seth. The IoT can now connect, as we know, almost anything to the internet, but you have rightly pointed in the past to the importance of identifying a business case. Um, does this mean DTAC and Telenor uh, now provide more consulting services than before to help identify the wider benefits, the societal benefits, such as cutting traffic pollution with parking sensors, as well as the immediate problem of assisting parking? Is that something that you could shed any light on, Redwine? Absolutely. I think, you know, Telenor as a company, our vision is to empower the society. And these 5G, IoT, AI narratives goes well with our vision. And as a company, we are more and more consultative when we deal with the customers, especially in the, the business segment. We understand that, you know, we cannot give the total solution, but we are a part of the total solution, an important part. And we can mobilize our partners, we can mobilize technology 
to ensure the best solution for our customers. Locally in DTAC, you know, when we uh, engage with, with our customers, we we engage with an open mindset. Uh, you know, in Telinor, we have been practicing de uh, design thinking for, for a while. And when we approach our customers, we also go with this design thinking approach. We approach the problem and then we kind of uh, position the solution. And our valuable proposition in Thailand is that you know, we have the local expert expertise. We have our people, our network, our technology, and we also have a global um, expertise through our Telenor group. And combining this local uh, presence and global expertise of Telenor, we are in a position to give the best uh, solution to our customer. And that's how we uh, try to position ourselves and provide services. Thanks, Redman. Seth, I'm sure that there must be the wider view on this from Telenor. I know you've already mentioned about moving to a more consulting approach. I'm really interested in the sort of the broad view from uh, the end user point of view, uh, the societal benefits as well as the immediate benefits of IoT for the end customer. I think we've talked a bit about here the, the importance or the impact that this can have on society. Uh, I think traffic congestion is obviously something that, that can be decreased to begin with, uh, hopefully over time almost eliminated by maximizing the use of existing resources within a traffic system. So rather actually talking about a transport system than, than just going from place A to place B. I think also uh, environmental perspective, if we sort of sort out the, the transportation challenge, that would also have an effect on, on, the, um, on the environment. So there are many things that can improve over time. I think with internal connection, we have always been working in a very consultative way with our customers or partners. We, we continuously get the feedback that we are scoring high within that domain. I think I have a good understanding of what is best practice within different verticals, as well as knowledge sharing is also very important. Uh, seeing this as being an ecosystem, uh, nobody can do it on your own. Uh, new technologies, uh, as we talked about 5G, but, but also ma the majority of the components that are needed within an IoT solution, you can pretty much get off the shelf nowadays. You don't have to actually develop everything that you used to be able to have to do about 10 years ago. So um, I think linking also our different customers and partners with each other in order to maximize our common gain is something that also drives optimization within automotive transport and logistics, smart cities, and so on. So it's, um, there are a lot of benefits that can be done. And um, I want to really pick up where, uh, where Edwin started. I think empowering societies, that is something that is of great importance for the whole terminal group. And that's really something that we live with every day in terms of trying to contribute. Gentlemen, it's been really great talking to you. Thank you so much for sharing your experience with our audience. Thank you first, Redwan. Thanks, Jeremy, uh, for the opportunity. And it was a pleasure to speak to you. It's been great to have you here. And thank you too, Seth. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, this is obviously a very interesting uh, area to talk about. There are so many things that uh, we could just elaborate on uh, continuously. So, but I also like the conversation. So thank you very much. Not at all. Thank you very much for your time. And now let me hand back to Michal. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you to our guests, Redwan Hassan Khan and Seth Riding. It's been great to discuss Delanor involvement in the rollout of 5G and the differences between the different markets. Thank you for taking the time to join us on Accelerators. 
Accelerators is a podcast by Beyond, hosted by Jeremy Cohen, and joined by me, Michael Harris. We hope today's discussion has inspired you to accelerate further, faster, and beyond. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. This podcast is published bi-weekly and produced by Fox Agency. Accelerators from Beyond.